We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the film show. You're listening to Unscripted the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, Unscriptonites. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, it's, of course, well, currently, right now, at this very moment, Hello. it's uh, May 4th. So May the 4th, 4th be with, with you. you. Uh, however, you may be listening on the podcast version, in which case it might not be. So, In, in, in which case, maybe may the Sith be with you? May, oh. Is that what they call tomorrow? Revenge of the, th- Revenge of the Fifth. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not following all the Star Wars lingo. Nors am I. Um, I am Cecilia, and uh, joined in the studio with me uh, is Lewis and Rachel. Howdy. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Howdy, all right, howdy, howdy, all right, howdy. all right. <laughs> Is that copyright? Can we say that? All right, all right, all right. That one? I don't think Matthew think, McConaughey's copyrighted no, that. No, and I think um, Howdy, 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 which is uh, from Toy Story, I don't think it's, we're not going to get in trouble for Hopefully. that. If anything, all we're doing is advertising them. <laughs> Just get a nasty letter in the mail. Jesus, You've Jesus. been served. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! How, how, fair what a, use, what fair a way use. To go. We're covered by fair use. What a way to go! A big show tonight. Lots of films to talk yeah, about. Yeah. Um, of course, we've got the new Guardians film, Guardians Three. Uh, a little bit from the, uh, well, actually, a lot from the German film German festival. film festival. Yeah, uh, um, Australian movie Gravel Road, and a couple of TV shows to talk about. So. Yeah, and you've got something as well. Um, a what, film called Cairo Conspiracy. Now, just before we went on. Um, she told me, Cecilia said, um, oh, I watched a movie or documentary called Cairo Conspiracy. I'm like, what, about chiropractors? <laughs> but no, it's not. It's Cairo is in, see, is in Egypt. Oh, yes. Cairo. So you spelt it to me and being dyslexic, I still didn't understand what you meant. I mean, I kind of would have preferred a film about chiropractor conspiracy. I don't know what that would entail, but it sounded interesting to me. So, I mean, it it seemed intriguing. It it would be made by um, physio people. Yeah, trying to out the (laughs) the chiros. Um, (laughs) They're like in a big fight, both of them. Uh, But I just loved your enthusiasm when I mentioned the film. You were like, what about chiros? Chiropractors? I know. I just thought, geez, there you go. I thought that was quite entertaining. Movies about everything these days. Well, there is. And there's probably a film out there about chiropractors. Evil chiropractors. Might (laughs) use the search engine. (laughs) Uh, Well, well, I mean, it's the top of the show, so we don't usually jump into films straight away. We usually do a bit of a chit-chat. I forgot to check the film news. I usually do that and see what's making rounds, making headlines in the world of film. I haven't done that today. Sorry. Well, I haven't either. Um, Although... um, 
Yeah, no, I haven't. I thought of something that I may have looked at and then I forgot what it was. I mean, there was the Met Gala. Because my brain. crazy costume. Oh, yeah. That's um, kind of film related because you've got filmy people there. Well, but, um, I didn't look at anything apart from Daniel Ricciardo because oh. F1. F1. And um, JVP, is that what his name? Jo- um, Jonathan Van Ness. Jonathan JVN, yeah. I just saw all the Jared Leto and um, Doja Cat memes and things like that. Um, I just think it's one of those bizarre Hollywood events. But um, I guess in other news, the Dune Part 2 trailer dropped. Uh, if you're a Dune fan, oh, I'm like um, June, June or as June. In like sorry, I can never say it. Month. Like, I know it's, it's June, but June. It's, it's no, just it because we're June. Australian. June. It needs June. to be more an event. This is Dune. It's just because we're Australian. Okay. Um, yeah, I didn't say that very well, but that's dropped. Sorry if you are interested. Uh, jumping on that and nope. having a look. Um, the oh, the John other- Farnham. Um, trailer. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Um, have you guys watched the the voice trailer, the trailer for the John Farnham movie? I, I have. Yep. Oh, I was super excited to see it. I got to see it on the big screen, the trailer, and there's something about that song that just fills my body with joy and excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's out next week um, and I don't think we're going to get an opportunity to see it which is a bummer um, because a preview falls on a Thursday night. But, you know, if you're into John Farnham, which if you're Australian, you should be, and if you're not, there's something wrong with you. Um, and Or you just didn't grow up here maybe, I maybe. don't know. Um, but, yeah, that'll be cool to watch. Other really exciting news. Uh, this might excite you, Lewis, mm. as well, but um, we seen a film called The Pope's Exorcist yes. uh, a few weeks ago and it's been announced that it will be returning f- for a sequel uh, with Russell Crowe uh, as the demon-busting father Amorth. Um, so I'm excited to see what that adventure holds uh, moving forward. But uh, interesting that it's only just been released and they're already talking about a sequel. So I, I it's think, obviously doing really well. Yeah, I think generally when uh, the uh, movie comes out and then it you know, gets a really good like reception and makes money because I think it made some serious bank considering mm. how much it cost. To, it didn't cost a lot to make mm. and it's made a lot of money at the box office. So, um, yeah, that's great that they're going to make more of them. It's like that's it's such an easy kind of thing. Like when you think about the, the old films like Exorcist mm-hmm. and stuff like that um, uh, and uh, it, it's always like priests and like it's easy to make things scary when there's like crosses and like spooky stuff. There is. So, I actually re-watched The Exorcist the other week. The the very, the, the 73 I think, William Frederick 78. 70, I might be wrong, yeah, might, you might be 78. Um, that version, and it really holds up. That film r- is ridiculous uh, for when it was first released. I oh cannot, no, you're right, 73, 73. apologies. Yeah. Uh, it is insane how good that film is still. Well it's funny, I thought it was 78 because I'm like, 73, that's way too early mm. for a movie that crazy. Yeah. But it's interesting to look behind the scenes of what was going on. That director is cray cray. Mm. And, um, you know, poor old uh, Ellen Bernstein, you know, broke her back on, on set. And yeah, just yeah. lots of craziness. Lots there was crazy. an extra on there that ended up being a serial killer. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. freaky. Okay. I don't think Curse. You, <laughs> you don't see it in. Uh, the, I think, theatre version. Yeah. But, you know, if you watch the proper director's cut, there's the whole bit at the front where um, 
Regan is being tested for all sorts of, you know, mental disorders and, mm-hmm. and epilepsy and all that sort of stuff. So there's lots of doctor's visits. So he's like a, a nurse in one of the doctor's scenes. Did you watch the director's cut? I think I know, yes, there was a nurse in, in the one that a I watched. A male nurse? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it must have been. And I remember that scene where she's getting tested and the medical equipment at the time is so loud and noisy and scary. I just, Bing! oh my goodness. It was like, what <laughs> the hell? But yeah, that Sorry, film, meaning of life. I know, bringing the machine that goes bing. <laughs> it just really holds up that film. I, I can't believe how, yeah, it was it was so creepy to watch it. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, good, it is good one definitely... to go back and re-watch, particularly after seeing the Pope's exorcist, which is not nearly as good as, you know, the exorcist. Yeah. I just loved the the adventure mm. that um, Russell Crowe um, <laughs> engages in. And I think it's more of a... He doesn't sing, does he? Because that's an adventure. Oh, man, if. No. <laughs> I, just, I really enjoyed it. And not in a way that it wasn't a good horror film. It was scary. Oh, yeah. uh, but I just enjoyed the... I just enjoyed Russell Crowe in the film. I don't know what it was. Do you it think was he was fun. like... Has he gotten to an age where he's really like kicking out and like hitting over the out of the ballpark with his acting you know with jump of the shark is he yeah do you think like is his acting really pushing further like outside of the realm of just subtle yeah like there's he just really plays this character real chung at chung tongue in cheek kind of playful which i think is obviously based on the real guy Mm, but mm. i just really enjoyed it and uh yeah it felt a little bit like the da vinci code slash you know um, <laughs> the Da Vinci yeah. Code mixed with The Exorcist. There was still some humour in this. There was. Like, I think that's what then, I enjoyed about it. Then a mm. few weeks later after that we saw uh, Evil Dead. Yeah. Um, expecting there to be some humour in that, <laughs> there was no humour in that. There was no humour. But still, um, we both... It was, still really, it was really good. It was, it was an actual horror film. Yeah, so, it was yeah. so. It was. I would say Evil Dead Rise is one of the scariest horrors I've seen in a long time. Mm. Yeah, I don't want to see it based on how you reviewed it. I, I think like, mm, I'm good because it's that real old school horror, and it's real cramped as well because they're in you know this small apartment, mm. and there's you know things are in, you know, everywhere you go. It's that tension and suspense, and I really loved it. But uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah, the Evil Dead franchise in general is um, brilliant. I love how we're like, we normally don't jump straight into a movie. Uh, We normally chat for a bit, but, and then we proceed to chat for a bit. Uh, Recapping all the other things. Anyway, sorry, Mm -hmm. I'm on a bit of a tangent. Um, It's not like us. Mm -hmm. But uh, has anyone, no one's seen Bo is Afraid yet, have they? The the new Ari Aster film. No, Rachel is afraid to see it. Yes, Cecilia is also afraid. But I just thought if someone had seen it, um, I would pick your brain because I'm trying to decide whether to go and see it or not. Has seen it? Please let us know. Mm, I don't know if I want to, but I'm trying to decide if I should. Anyway, shall we take a small break? Well, yes, let's do that. Why not? You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So the biggest week of the biggest movie of the week, I don't, I don't, uh, I, don't, I guess I, I'm proclaiming that, but I think Lewis <laughs> would agree, uh, is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, I know not of anything it is about, um, apart from the fact that it looks like it delves into, um, I want to say Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> What's his name? Rocket. Rocket. It is Rocket. Yeah. It is Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. For some reason, it sounded wrong. 
Um, but yes, it delves well, into his past. They only refer, refer to him as Rocket in the movies. Right, okay. And he doesn't know what a raccoon is. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it looks like it delves into his past and how he came to be and then the naughty person who made him. Am I a little bit right? Yeah, uh, that that's pretty much uh, the, the, the story in a nutshell. It's, it's like starts off in a, a kind of... Uh, a depressing kind of uh, place, though, because in in uh, the 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 you know after Infinity War and Endgame, uh, Gamora died, but then Gamora came back. But it was a Gamora that never fell in love with Peter Quill. So Peter's kind of like mourning the loss of Gamora uh, at the start of the the, the film, um, and it's uh, it it gets like. Um, it's a it's a very emotional film, like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Like the Volume uh, One and Two were a bit more light in the air. I mean, I guess I guess Volume One kind of started off with Peter Quill's mum dying of cancer, so that's not really um, a very like you know, upbeat way to start a film. Yeah, but it also starts out with the the cool music and the e- most excellent start to a Marvel fi- film ever. Yes, yeah. So him, him dancing around and uh, mm-hmm. and then stealing the uh, singing into to an yeah. alien like creature mm-hmm. as a microphone. Yeah. So it was, uh, I mean, th- those ones were, were very, I mean, this one, because it's the last of the films, um, and you know, James Gunn, this is his last Marvel film, he's now moving on to, to DC. Mm. Um, it, it was amazing, like, it was a great, uh, you know, film that, you know, it was an emotional roller coaster because um, it does delve into Rocket's backstory, and I think if you've seen the trailer, you've you've seen some of that that uh, part of it, um, and it's it's very emotional. It's particularly more emotional for me because I've got a, <clears throat> a dog that's uh, not doing very well at the moment, um, and it's like you know seeing these animals being mistreated by the high evolutionary. Mm. Um, it was just really, it was you know, very hard to watch. And it was like, I, I think uh, if there was anyone in the, the audience that was you know, not crying at some points in this film. Uh, They're that, not that human? Just, no just, soul. Just heartless, just heartless. <laughs> um, that being said, there is still a lot of comedy in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, there's a lot of you know, heart to this this movie, um, but it does very much feel like a end of a era. You know, it's the um, it, it's the um, culmination of the the three the, the other Guardians of the Galaxy films, the Christmas special. Um, them being in Love and Thunder as a brief cameo, uh, them being in Infinity War and Endgame. So it's, um, it, I think it was a very good, you know, send-off to this particular Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not saying there's not going to be more Guardians of the Galaxy down the track, but just not this particular team. I think they're, they've kind of like um, taken their, their last their last ride, which, which everyone knew that going into it. Mm. But um, it's just uh, James Gunn just uh, did such a great job of putting this together. I mean, he wrote and directed this film. And the fact that he was, you know, fired from it um, years ago, mm. um, it would have. It's great that you know Marvel came to its senses and brought him back, and he actually got to finish his story. Um, and it's a it's a great finish to it. And uh, I'm going to be seeing it again on on Saturday, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now that I've seen it the first time, like I can kind of uh, you know just experience it in a different way. I mean, it will be very different because it will be in the D-box and the seat will be moving. Uh, but, <laughs> but when are they going to change the name for that? What no does idea. it even stand for? 
Because I know what it stands for for me. Yes. But what does it actually stand for? I have no idea. Like 4D, um, you're going to get like different. But it's not 4D because you're not wearing 3D glasses. It's in 2D. It's just that the seat moves and vibrates and stuff. So it's a dumb box. That's what that is. No, it's great. It's great to go and see um, things in D box, and I, I highly recommend. Uh, you go, don't go and see anything that doesn't like have much motion. Don't go and see a drama in D box. <laughs> the book club's coming out in a week or so. Yeah. The next chapter, we'll go see that. D box does not sound stand for drama box. It's, um, <laughs> you, you want to go and watch something which is a bit more actiony, and I think Guardians is, is seriously going to have have mm. very much actiony stuff in there. Um, if you've been hanging out for Nathan Fillion to appear in a Marvel film, Ooh. then uh, then you, your wish has finally been answered. Nice. Um, Only been asking for him to be in something for a very, very long time. Yes. Yeah. It's because of we're Joss fans, except we're not Joss fans anymore. We're fans of his work, but not him because he's an a-hole. Exactly. Very, very <laughs> true. Just all the people Making work. clarity here. <laughs> Um, also, uh, uh, Will Poulter uh, turns up in Guys of the Galaxy Volume 3 as Adam Warlock. And it's interesting because I'm being a comic reader, I know Adam Warlock from the comics. Mm. And in the comics, he's like this knowing everything kind of guy that comes in and you know, kind of tries to save the day kind of thing. Whereas in this iteration, he's kind of taken out of his cocoon early and is really a character who does is still developing and doesn't quite know what's going on. Mm. So it's a very different version of the, the Adam Warlock that I remember from the comics. It was very enjoyable though um, because you, know, you could see him you know, stuffing things up and it was quite <laughs> funny. But yeah, it's um, not the, the Adam Warlock I know and I'm wondering whether they'll like, you know, progress that character and, and, and make him uh, more of the, the character we know from the comics because in in the comics, he was the guy that was like leading the fight against Thanos in the Infinity War. Uh, so with the Infinity Gauntlet and everything like that. So, yeah, very, very interesting. But um, they they certainly in this film they give uh, a lot more for uh, all the um, actors to do. Like you know, Mantis and Drax, they get their moments. And um, the film is very much a, a rocket film. Mm. Uh, but you see a lot of his backstory and where he comes from and how painful that is um and some of those things are you know are quite you know harrowing to take um but i think the, the balance of the film is fantastic and for me it's one of the best marvel films that i've seen uh, and particularly the, the new bunch because i think um the, the the recent kind of offerings haven't been that outstanding, mm. but this one definitely is. So uh, I am going to give uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three um, five good dogs. Oh, oh, good dog! And it's out today, right? Yes, yes I like the fact it. that they chose May the fourth. I know in America it's May the 5th that comes out. <laughs> no, but Suckers. That, but the thing is, that, uh, the Marvel films, uh, even though it says released May the fourth, it's out the day before. Kat and I saw it yesterday, mm. you know, and that was not a preview. That was a pay your money, go and see it kind of thing. It's like for, it's a secret, like, for, for people who are big, massive fans. Mm. Yeah, and it's good when you go and see it on the first night. Um, in some cinemas you'll get, like, a, a comic book or, mm. like, last night I gave us these little – they're probably magnets um, – mm-hmm. They don't look like uh, badges, but they're probably magnets. And it was of the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy logo. So, yeah, yeah it's kind of cool. You do get those little um, those things. But, um, yeah, it's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is out now. Uh, go and see it and take your Kleenex with you. 
Or other tissue brands are available. (laughs) (laughs) Generic tissue brands. Uh, There you go. So do we want to talk about the German Film Festival or do we want to jump a sponsor, squeeze a sponsor in? It's up to you, Cecilia. You're, you're manning the desk. Oh, you're womaning the desk. jump into some German. I was going to say Deutsch Film. Some Deutsch. Deutsch Filmen some Deutsch Films. There's nothing Deutsch wrong with Film. saying Deutsch, I don't think. Deutsch, Deutsch um, Film Festival. So I quite enjoy the Deutsch Film Festival each year. They've given us some really fantastic films, documentaries, mm. drama, comedy, the, the lot. They kind of do everything this year um it's running from today until um the 24th of may so it's going for almost the the whole month really and that's because they've got a ridiculous amount of movies um you know available for everyone to see and all kinds of movies you know i mean i i had the opportunity to see three very different films um one of them is swiss one of them was dutch and um the other one was a German film or documentary. So, um, so firstly, the 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 film. Oh, now I'm I've got so many pieces of paper here. I'm trying to. Where is my uh, talky talky bits on there? Talky talky bits. I know. I've written down so many notes. I'm like, which page were the notes on? Um, Okay, well, I'll just talk about um, uh, where are we? Uh, And tomorrow we will be dead first. Um, This film is uh, based on a true story of two Swiss people who were um, taken hostage just like basically a couple of days after Bin Laden was killed and it was whether or not like it was connected at all, you know, they didn't really know, um, but it, it kept, you know, everybody hooked to the news to find out what was going on and um, it's it's interesting that the, the reason it's called And Tomorrow We Will Be Dead is because they're constantly getting the impression from these people that are holding them hostage that, you know, if you do this, that's it, we're going to kill you tomorrow. Um, so they got told it all the time and it's funny in some translations it's And Tomorrow you will be dead and in English it's tomorrow we will be dead. So it's changing the perspective of like, you know, yeah. who's saying it, which I think is really interesting. Um, so this is set in 2011. It's a young couple, Daniela and David. Um, they're on their way home from Pakistan to, to Switzerland. They've done this, the uh, Silk Road kind of travel um which david's wanted to do all of his life and then yeah on their way home um they're going through pakistan and there's a really small area where they're not being um assisted by police by getting from one area to to the next area and it's in that time that they get um taken hostage it's a really interesting thriller and it's a it's it kind of looks at their story and what goes on because the media and how it was portrayed in the media is not really how it happened. And so um, it was, it's kind of like their, their version. It's based on their, a book they wrote and, you know, an opportunity for them to, to tell their proper story. So it was uh, like on, on the edge of your seat sort of stuff. Um, I also watched a, a movie called Lost Transport. So this is right. This is a, um, a Dutch film, and 
or Dutch-made film, and it takes place right at the end of the war, just before everything's wrapping up, but the Allies are coming in and, you know, letting people free from concentration camps and everything. And there's a, uh, this one train that gets dropped off in um, eastern Germany and the, the prisoners are kind of let out. The German soldiers basically flee so that they don't get in trouble and these prisoners kind of have to live in this German village alongside Russian soldiers and um, the German citizens who are also trying to flee because the Russian soldiers are not pleasant Um so, and obviously this is based on a true story as well. I don't know how true the ex, the characters are, but this definitely happened. This particular train was left at this, um, at this area. Yeah, and the, um, it, it follows kind of three female characters, a, um, a German citizen, a young girl who's probably about 15 or something. Then you've got a Jewish ex-prisoner and a female guard as well, a Russian guard, and they kind of all end up living in the same house because they come in, the citizens have left and, yeah, they've taken over. So it's really interesting. And then the final one that I watched was a documentary on Angela Merkel. Uh, so I don't know, I can't, I know who she is. She was or is the Chancellor of Germany um, and very well respected, but I really didn't know anything much about her. And it goes into how she lived in the uh, Deutsche Democratic Republic, I think is what it was called. Uh, so Eastern, East Germany, she grew up in East Germany. Um, and then it's got interviews with people like Tony Blair and Hillary Rodham Clinton um, and lots of other people from her political life um, and her life growing up. And it's it's just interesting that, you know, women in politics just get tarred with the same brush. Like um, she's not wearing enough makeup in this picture. Um, we don't like her style in this picture. And it was just for Angela Merkel, she was kind of the only female in politics for a long time. And she had the same. It just happens to females don't like that suit you're wearing mm. like mm. or it's you're too emotional because she cried once um doing some kind of speech in at the uh in parliament and then because of that everyone thought oh she's too emotional and then she cut her emotions off so then she's like well she's got no emotions so it's like how do you win you know mm. men don't have to deal with that so it was a really interesting documentary and that's just a little bit of what's available and lewis saw Sissy and I, is that right? Yes, I did. As the, uh, I saw that uh, screening of that. Um, it was it was interesting. It was a bit a bit long. Didn't didn't uh, have a, a, a enough of a quick uh, quick enough pace for me. Um, but the uh, um, the story apparently is, has been told a lot in in German culture, and so this is just a the, another iteration of it. Ah, oh. mm. is it a love love story? Uh, not really. No. 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 Oh, okay. Well, I guess it's a mystery then. <laughs> um, no, it's just a, it's more of a like um, you've got an empress and then you've got this uh, a person come to be her like your know, companion kind of thing, oh. um, and uh, it just uh, is just following their life and and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting, but it wasn't like you know, something I would have um, uh, sought out to see. I wouldn't think. No. Oh, well, not everything is for everyone, um, but that's okay. So that's the German Film Festival. It's on between as it, uh, from today until May the 24th uh, at Lunar Leadable, Lunar Essex and uh, Rain Cinemas in the city. So, um, yeah, check it out. Uh, we might go to a um, 
a sponsor and come back with more. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. On the back of the uh, German Film Festival, I mentioned, um, I remember seeing a film a couple of years ago. I think it was 2018, mm-hmm. um, but it was called 25 Kilometres Per Hour. Uh, <laughs> and it was such a good film. I don't know if you've seen this one, Ray. I remember or... you talking about it. Uh, yeah. And I think that was probably what, what did you did it for me. It, yep. It's about two brothers who just haven't, they're, they're estranged, haven't seen each other for 20 plus years. And they... Uh, <laughs> need to go back to their hometown to um, go and see their father. Um, But they decide to uh, fulfil one of their old dreams and that's to travel through Germany on their mopeds. So, yeah, really enjoyable film. But I've seen some absolute rippers at... Some bangers. Bangers at these kind of foreign film uh, festivals. So, yeah, I think some of the documentaries you mentioned just sound really intriguing. Well, because it's a world I don't really know a whole lot about. So Mm. that's, um, yeah... It's cool. Um, So did you want to talk about your chiropractic movie? And by the way, there is a documentary about chiropractic. Yes. um, Chiropractic, the documentary, I think is what it's actually called. Um, But it's mostly about um, how good it is. So it's not about conspiracies. Um, it's about the the benefits of getting some, you know, going to see a chiropractor. Yeah, that's okay. right. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it got uh, a rating of um, can't see. Actually, well, it's not coming up. <laughs> I'll have to source that <laughs> There's one out. There's no ratings on I'll Rotten Tomatoes. I'll source it out and I'll give it a rating. Right? I'll All right. source it out. Uh Oh, so I, I can talk a little bit about Cairo Conspiracy, um, if you like. This is a Swedish-Egyptian uh, made film, very interesting film, uh, and it's by a filmmaker called Tarek Salah. It's a political thriller centering around a young man, Adam, who is this fisherman's son, and he's awarded a scholarship to Al Azhar University, which is one of the most prestigious uh, Islamic schools in the world. And following the death of the university's grand uh, imam, um, I don't actually know what that is, but it's like the most prestigious uh, yeah. type. Person, yeah. So really high, high. (laughs) Really high. Like people bow down to this person, and you know, do whatever he says. So Adam then finds himself, and Adam's quite naive. He's you know come from this really small town, and you know he's he's not had much much exposure to you know the outside world, and he finds himself recruited by this government investigator. Um, who has a bit of an agenda. And the so the Egyptian government is unhappy with the grand imam's possible successors. So they've got wind of who might take over this prestigious role. So they've selected Adam to kind of be a pawn in spying on some of the universities, you know, hardline extremists um, and, you know, befriend political candidates and kind of ensure that the position is, you know, secured um, by someone of their choosing. Right. They're really trying to, you know, play dirty here. Wait a second. Mm -hmm. Is this a documentary or a movie? This is a movie. Right. I don't know why did I think this was a documentary because it was had the I word think, conspiracies in it. I think because we were talking about chiropractic <laughs> documentary. Because I just imagined <laughs> when you said Cairo conspiracies that it had to be a documentary. No, uh, it is. So, but look, there you go. I don't. I think it's fiction. It may potentially be based on some something, but I didn't get 
No, yeah. we, won't, we won't go yeah. into that. That's another um, conspiracy. We won't go there. Most of the story is kind of, it's political and religious interplay and mm-hmm. how religion can be, you know, impact po- politics and how politics impacts and, and the two kind of evils of, of those two, essentially. And this poor guy, Adam, who is just this naive um, porn and you kind of it's a bit of a slow burn but I think it's quite tense as you know Adam gets deeper into this conspiracy and you start to feel for him a little bit you're like get out buddy like you Mm. know this is not fair you've been thrown into it but um you know it's an it's like I said slow burn it is subtitled so you do have to read it uh but it is shot on location in Turkey as well you've got um Instable this lovely mosque which kind of doubles as the Istanbul Istanbul. Yeah, I can never say it. Thank Instable. you. Insta- <laughs> Instagram. Put it on your Insta. <laughs> Put it on your Insta. Um, but yeah, it's a Swedish, France, Finland co-production. So, and weirdly, it served as Sweden's official Oscar submission, uh, even though being, um, yeah, kind of this you know, Islamic type film. But um, it also took home best screenplay from last year's Cannes Film Festival. Uh, it was, though, known as uh, The Boy from Heaven. So you might Interesting. Um, Google this film and get two titles because it was previously known as that. It's now known as um, Cairo Conspiracy. Look, it's not the most amazing film I've ever seen, but it was enough to keep me interested and intrigued throughout. So I'm going to score it uh, three and a half um, fishermen's three and a half fishermen's. I don't know why, but every time someone says fisherman, a friend comes into mind. Fisherman's friend because the I think there's a not girl. just the film, but like they're the uh, the 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 lollies. I don't think they're lollies. I think they're like mints, aren't they? Burst your brain like mints. Yeah. I always got told they were really hot and that. I shouldn't have them when I was a kid, but then I had yes. them when I was an adult and they were fine. Ah, because I was told the same thing. So now I'm scared of them because of what I was told as a child. Nah, I Do have Do you think one. I should yeah, try one? They're fine. They're not, like, unless you're really sensitive to that kind of stuff, then maybe. But for me, it was like I was put off buy them because my parents were like, no, they're too hot for kids. And then I never had they one. They just didn't want to share. Then I had one and I was like, oh, these are fun. Like, it was so hyped up that I was expecting my brain to explode. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I so, um, I went, Chris and I went to this little lolly shop in Echuca when we were there. And you know how they sell those little tiny tins of like mints, mm. and but they have like funny little things on there. Uh, like I bought a couple for some of my girlfriends, and it says, uh, "Move over coffee. This is a job for alcohol." <laughs> and I bought a bunch of them, thinking, "Oh yeah, I didn't even look at them. That they were full of like mints." I get them home, don't look at them for ages, and then just before I'm like going to put them in my bag to give them to them, it's like hot. Uh, hot cinnamon chewies. Oh. And I'm like, well, I can't give them them because gross. Hot so cinnamon chewies. Now I have like three packets of them. Chris has had a couple and he's like, yeah, nah. So I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of them. They don't sound that bad. But oh, well, I will bring some in for you. I'm thinking of like a chai latte because it's like hot cinnamon. I think it's hot, like spicy cinnamon. Oh, spicy. No. <laughs> you think the chewies are going to warm your mouth? Warm my Ooh, mouth. It's like up. a coffee. Uh, yeah. On the winter days when it's cold. Um, <laughs> not clearly quite. Not, clearly not. Um, 
Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. You've been watching Ted Lasso. Oh, now, I, so much. I've, it's I a problem. I watching the first season, like, when it first came out, and then I just never got through it. So I, it is something I want to return to, um, so, and I think I should. Um, I've, I've, we got uh, Apple iView. Not Apple iView. What the heck's it called? I Apple think it TV. Is Apple TV. Apple TV. Apple TV. Something. No, iView is like ABC. Oh yes, ABC iView. Thank you. Don't yes. trust us. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Apple TV. We we originally got it, Chris and I, so that I could watch Ted Lasso, obviously the new season, and so that we could watch Tetris. Mm-hmm. Uh, haven't gotten around to watching Tetris yet. Um, I haven't heard your review of it. I know you talked about it last week, but we will get there. Um, but I was trying to hold off on getting Apple TV because I know the Ted Lasso episodes drop one at a time, mm-hmm. uh, like every week. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get it too early um, because I'm going to want to binge them. Yeah, and you want so, that free You want that free month, don't you? <laughs> well, no, I don't have a free month, but um, I want to only have it for a month and then get rid of it. But it's not going to happen um, because they only had eight episodes available and it's a 12 episode season so I'm gonna have to have it for two months um but that's okay so yeah I did start watching the third season I was trying to you know Chris hasn't seen the second season so I'm like he needs to watch that and I'm like I cannot wait for him to watch season two before I get to watch season three and um so anyway yes I've binged all eight episodes in about three days um and Chris um he went to ask me about the show the other day and he goes, oh, the moustache man with his football team. <laughs> I'm like, you mean Ted Lasso? He's like, yeah, Ted Lasso. Um, but I've watched so much of it this week, last night when I was um, getting Bryce ready for bed. I'm like, what's wrong with you, mate? Like, aren't you tired? Don't you want to go bad? Like, and just He's like, mum's gone mad. Mum has gone mad. Uh, I'm not doing the accent properly at the moment, but basically I was being jammy. Jam is from Manchester, I think. Manchester. Um, but, yeah, apologies for any people who are of that um, area <laughs> and I just murdered your accent. Um, he's just – it's very entertaining. It's very funny. I made the mistake of watching half an episode and then I'm like, well, I guess I'll watch the rest on my lunch break at work mm-hmm. in the lunchroom. Mistake. It made me cry. Oh, I'm, like, no. putting my head down and, you know, trying to, like, avert my eyeballs from people. So it is good. Um and I have started watching another TV series on Apple TV called Shrinking, which has got Jason Seagull. Seagull? <laughs> He's got a Seagull. <laughs> Jason Seagull. Is it, is it Seagull? Th- like the bird? Or is it Seagull? I like Steven Seagull? I think it's like Or is Steven's- it Jason Seagull? Oh, no, it's Seagull. Like Seagal. he's got his own. He's like, don't put me in with yeah, Steven Seagal. I think it's between Seagal, Seagal and Seagal. <laughs> so it's between the two. <laughs> anyway, Jason, um, he is a psychiatrist, or not a psychiatrist, a, a therapist. Um, what are they called? Um, so- a psychologist. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Oh my godfather. Um, yeah, so he's one of them, but his life is actually rubbish and he really shouldn't be giving advice to anyone because he's a total mm. uh, basket case um, because his wife passed away, um, don't know how long ago, but probably not that long ago. So he's um, really going through it in his life. Um, and 
So it's got him and it's got Harrison Ford who kind of appears to be his mentor. Mm -hmm. So I've only watched the first episode. It was quite entertaining. I'll definitely be continuing to watch it. Um, And I do like there's a scene in it where Jason (laughs) Seagull, his character, um, Gull, his character is doing an impression of Harrison Ford's character um, and so he's got the lower voice on. He's like, oh, I really love you and blah, blah, blah. And Harrison Ford's like, I don't talk like that. It's like because everyone makes fun of Harrison Ford's yeah. low gravelly voice. Um, but, yeah, it's really good. Um, and speaking of gravelly, um, I have another movie to review tonight, Gravel Road, because there's a special Q&A screening. So we might go to a an ad and then I shall come back and talk to you about this fantastic film. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Uh, yeah, so I had the the pleasure of watching a documentary called Gravel Road. So this, it follows a, a band, uh, Desert Stars. It's a, it's a country band, but it's not country as in like um, country music. Mm-hmm. It's a band that is from the country. It's like the most isolated band ever. Um and it plays rock and roll and it's an indigenous band and it's it's really interesting because the movie the film starts out giving you a bit of a history of the area which i know nothing about so um, it starts out saying for 200 generation the, uh, generations the spinifex people lived out in the great victorian desert here's me thinking oh i didn't know victoria had a desert um, that's not where it is by the way just ladies and gents, um, it's between Laverton in Western Australia ah, and Cooper Pedy. Got you. Well, the the Great Victorian Desert, I think, is larger than that. But this community is that's where um, they were from. So, f- until about sixty years ago, they had virtually no contact with the outside world, and it wasn't until the fifties and sixties where. Um, uh, you know, they were doing atomic testing at Maralinga in South Australia that basically all these people got relocated to a mission um, just near Kalgoorlie mm-hmm. um, and then in the 80s they got their land back uh, and they established the community of um, Chachachara uh, and I'm probably pronouncing that a little bit wrong. I did practice it multiple times today um, but it just doesn't roll off my tongue as well. But anyway, so it this band is the most remote rock band there is and this is, it kind of follows their story doing this like outback tour and so when it gives you all this information at the front of the m- film, you kind of think it's going to be about that Mm. like about those people and their loss of land and there's certainly some interviews um, with the Indigenous members that uh, do talk about how their family um, had to run and literally run like one of the guys was saying that his dad talks about the sun in the sky being at the wrong time like why is there a sun in the sky and it wasn't the sun it was the atomic bomb and Ah. they were like yeah Mm. So um, it was really cool to watch them go through all these little towns and talk to all the Indigenous communities that they went through. And um, it's so funny because you you expect, right, okay, once once you've gotten over, like, okay, they're not going to talk too much about that. It's more about the band. Then you think, cool, this is great. They're going to watch the band go through. And like 
you know, sometimes you watch a documentary and or you've talked to documentary makers often talk about the fact that you um, you start off to make a documentary and you think you know what it's going to be about mm. but you start making it and when you're on the ground because of changing situations, the whole documentary changes mm. and that's kind of what happens here. So they're expecting to do this um, long like journey um, visiting lots of different places, but basically after their first stop, their car breaks down. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. no. Um, so then they have to, they're stuck waiting for parts and then they have to like change half of their plan and um, it's, there's a lot of really interesting stuff. Like, so the band is an Indigenous band and they've got like um, their managers with them as well and all, all sorts of other people working with them, their roadies and all that sort of jazz um and it's while they're on the road because they're so used to living in the country um there's some stuff that they do that we wouldn't be used to so there are some scenes um where they're living off the land and that involves eating kangaroo Mm. uh catching kangaroo using their dog to catch the kangaroo which is ingenious by the way um but I was quite shocked the, when they when it came on screen. And, of course, they're used to doing this. That's what they eat, um, mm. you know, when they're going through country. So, um, yeah, it was a bit brutal there for a second. I was like, whoa, a bit full on. Um, but it was just a really cool movie because the music is, I mean, the music's not amazing, but it's kind of, I, I was still sitting there like rocking my legs around and stuff like that. And the characters are really endearing and it's it's just fun to watch a band on the road and all the things that happen along the way when they're trying to get there mm. um and they talk about and it's it's actually really beautiful like I always think Australia is kind of ugly like it doesn't it's not like big trees and all this sort of stuff but they go through some areas like you know the sky is so so blue and then the the ground is all red and the like it just it's an amazing. It's amazing on screen. Very good for cinematography. Mm. Um, and then there's these beautiful sunsets and sunrises. This just gorgeous, gorgeous area. So I really, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, so I am. Oh yeah, they talk about how brutal, you know, and grueling it is being like a, a band doing all of these like outback tours because they're going on tracks that are like corrugated roads and stuff and it just is not great for your body (laughs) so um yeah it's not glamorous at all um but this is so this is doing a special screening uh on tuesday the 9th of may so next week at 7 p.m at luna leaderville so the desert star band uh will actually be performing um so live in cinema concert performance so whether that means they're physically there or they are somewhere it's else like and it's being beamed yeah I'm not 100% sure but still very very cool um and it is a Q&A with the director uh Tristan Pemberton and the front man of the band who is kind of like the main storyteller in this in this documentary Jay Minning so he'll be there so I imagine it, it is sounding like it's going to be 
live in front of your face. Mm. I would so, say so. If he's um, already there as part of being the filmmaker, then I'd say the whole band maybe. But it sounds I like know. a really cool event, even either oh, way. Yeah, you know, definitely. Q&A, um, performance, whether it's virtual or in-house, yeah. and then you get to obviously see the film as well. Yeah, so um, I think it's it's going to be a great night. So arrivals at 6.30, so this is Gravel Road. So if you don't get the opportunity to see the special Q&A screening with, you know, music and all that jazz, but not jazz music. Um, think ACDC. There's some yeah. really cool guitar licks that are going on. My my uncle would be very impressed that I said guitar licks because he's, he's really into He's a guitarist, though. Um, yeah, so go and check it out. And if you don't get to see the special screening, um, it will be at the cinemas anyway um, on other occasions, like after that anyway. So go and, go and have a squeeze. I'm it's constantly amazed at uh, Luna and their I continued, um, even through COVID, and I know I say this all the time, how they manage to keep cinema alive with their special events, their Monday night doubles, uh, you know, interactive screenings. And, yeah, it just it blows my mind that uh, cinema is still something that we can um, go and enjoy and it doesn't have, you know, we can do these types of things. So. Well, I like the, uh, I'm, you know, the 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 art on screen, the yeah. exhibition on screen stuff and then they do all the, um, the like, opera and all that sort of stuff as well, which is really, really cool because you're not, you don't often have the opportunity to, to go and see that stuff live. So I remember seeing something there and thinking, geez, you get to see like really behind the scenes and yeah, really yeah. close up shots that you wouldn't normally see. Yeah. Um, Alan sent us a message, but for some reason my phone is being a jerk and won't let me look at let it. Let me see if I can open it up. Um, Technology. So, <laughs> Technology is great, isn't it? Um, it's because I'm in the middle of, of, of another thing, so I'm not, I, it's <clears> not allowing me <throat> to ah, go. He says, if you've got a few seconds, can I plug a K-drama? Of course you can. Dr. Cha, 2000, I hope, Cha-cha-cha. I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. Sorry. C-H-A, at... Uh, 2023 Netflix. Now, this is the synopsis. So, after 20 years as a housewife, Cha Jong Suk decides to resume her medical career by beginning an internship at the hospital where her husband, Dr. Say In Ho, is the chief surgeon. This causes problems because her husband is having an affair with his old girlfriend, Dr. Choi Song Hee, and attracts the attention and attracts the attention of the handsome Dr. Roy Kim. Ooh, so it sounds like a bit of a uh, yeah medical k-drama i like it i yeah. like it a lot Me- medical Thanks, dramas Alan. are good um so what was that one called that one is called dr cha c-h-a c-h-a oh, cool um on netflix currently thank you alan we always appreciate a good recommendation yeah um yeah no really cool stuff um i'm always looking for something new to watch i uh this is a bit old now but in january um the Velma cartoon series oh, was yep. released. Have yep. you watched it? No. I, is this too much to watch? It's just awesome. I loved it. It's a 10 It's uh, all about Velma, obviously, of the, <laughs> the Scooby gang. But it's a real adult cartoon. Does she have Scooby snacks? So. Uh, no, she doesn't. But it's a real adult cartoon. Um, and Does that I mean they're sexies? It, it, is a bit, it is a bit. Sa- there's some swearing. Um, the opening scene is in a girl's locker room and the girls are all partly 
naked. Okay. Um, so it is real adult. It's an adult animated mystery horror comedy television series. That's what it's <laughs> dubbed as. That, so, that's a curious combination. Yeah, and it's obviously following the character of Velma Dinkley from the, the Scooby-Doo franchise. But, uh, you know, uh, Mindy Kaling is the voice of Velma. You've also got uh, Constant Wu, uh, Constance Wu, Glenn Houghton in supporting roles as well. But, yeah, it's just about the kind of before the official uh, formation of the um, Scooby gang. So you do get to see, you know, Daphne and Fred yeah. and Scooby, um, not Scooby, sorry, Shaggy uh, as well. But, yeah, Velma is really sassy. sassy. She's a bit of a nerd. Um, she's often swearing and frustrated. Uh, but I really, really liked it and I hope there's another series. Sorry. Where, where did you find that one? This was on Foxtel. Oh. Go. But I have a feeling you can watch it through other streaming services as oh. well. But I there just haven't go. been able to find anything that, like, I really want to watch since. Uh, I've been binging Orange is the New Black for the second ah, time. And it's just as that. good the second time. I've, I've watched almost four seasons in two weeks. Wow. <laughs> and I know what – the thing is I know what's coming at the end of season four – so I've slowed down. <laughs> if if anyone is aware of what happens at the end, you'll you'll know why I've slowed down. But just quickly, we are about to get out of here. Um, I watched Air because CC came and uh, babysat for us. Thank you very much. No worries. And so um, Chris and I went out for our tenth year anniversary and went and saw the Air film. It's phenomenal. Like I gave it five. Mm. The soundtrack is to die so for. The start of it is amazing. Like, is like they do a mashup of like all the things that were happening in 1984. And if you've listened to the show for a long time, I am a big believer that 1984 is a stellar year because you have things like Beverly Hills Cop coming out, um, Ghostbusters coming out. There was a bunch of really, really excellent films that came out that year. So I'm all about 1984. Um, and I just felt like the dynamic between uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck was so amazing because they've got that history mm. and it just – there's so many good things about that film. If you haven't seen it yet, go and see it. It's 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 so, so good. Yeah, it's cool. And it's not even a, a, a sports movie really. No. But it's all about the kind of behind-the-scenes business side of, you know, deals with sports stars. Yeah. And But it's just crazy how influential um, sporting stars are. I, I honestly could spend a whole crazy. episode talking about that movie. It's, I it's, freaking loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really fantastic film. And again, yeah, I agree that it's very um, – the soundtrack is just um, phenomenal. Um I'm just currently trying to find a song. A I'm song so that's, sorry, short, uh, that's short enough because we have indeed come to a point where we've, uh, we're going to be over unless we can find a super short song. There's a, a thing here. Uh, you may have noticed Lewis did have to, to leave halfway through the show. Um, but, um, you know, who knows who's going to be here next next week? Like that, that makes it sound that like we're not going to be here. We just It's a rotating roster, isn't it? And oh, look at that. She's found something. We'll be back next week. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.